The following is a production of the Bravo Fleet Communications Office. Welcome to Relay Station Bravo, Episode 2. My name is Aaron, and I am the Podcast Communications Officer for Bravo Fleet, and I'm happy to welcome you back to the first official full-length episode that's today. Uh, today we have on deck an interview with MJ. He is one of our Bravo Fleet senior staff and has held a numerous amounts of roles and positions within the organization. He's been with Bravo Fleet for about 14 or so years, and his interview is coming up next. And it's it's a really I enjoy. I, I had a lot of a lot of fun interviewing MJ and asking him questions and getting some insight into his life, his Star Trek life, his science fiction life. All of that is coming up here in just a moment. If you're listening, that means you listened to episode one, hopefully, and you're back for more. We're looking to do weekly episodes of varying contents and varying types and kinds, and I'm really glad to have you back with us. My name is Aaron. This is Relay Station Bravo, the Bravo Fleet podcast. Our website is bravofleet.com. If you're interested, there's FAQs. There's all kinds of cool stuff there. So without further ado, grab your cup of coffee if you're a Captain Janeway, or grab your cup of tea if you are Jean-Luc Picard, or if you're any captain in between, grab your beverage of choice, mine, and I'm a Picard guy. I love me some Earl Grey hot with a splash of milk and one lump sugar. Whatever your variation is, welcome aboard Relay Station Bravo, the podcast starts now. All right, welcome to Relay Station Bravo. This is a segment we're looking to do a little bit with um, over time. We, our goal is to interview both Bravo senior staff, Bravo Fleet, Bravo Fleet senior staff, and also um, task force commanders, XOs, members, um, and just kind of to build kind of a, a historical piece, but also just kind of some some cool some cool background with folks. And so today we have been um, lucky enough, and he's accepted it um, for our for MJ to join us here on the podcast for an interview. Um, so MJ, uh, what kind of what is your what is what do you what do you do for Bravo Fleet? What is your history? <laughs> Um, there's a, there's a, it's, it's a very loaded question because there's, you know, you've done a lot of things. I have, and, yeah. yeah. Um, you're one of the old, one of the longer serving members of Bravo Fleet. You've been around for, it says on the, it says on the BFMS 14 years, which I'm, I'm thinking that's accurate. Um, uh, but kind of just walk us through like, what do you do? What have you done? Why are you here? And why do you? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. so, right. So I suppose to start off with, um, it started about 20 years ago, actually, for me. So um, I started off when I was about 17, 18. Um, so you can probably work out how old I am now from that. Um, and in between all of that, I've yeah, I've done lots of different roles. I've taken breaks from Rotherfleet and come back and taken another break and come back. Um, and I suppose now, um, kind of where things have been going for the last four to five years has been, I would say, the best part I've seen our community um, grow and mm -hmm. change in a direction that makes sense and ensures that we're not just just for role playing. It's you know it's right. more than that. And I love that. That's what um, for me 
I've enjoyed the most um, watching and mm-hmm. seeing, and that change. Um, yeah, I've held lots of different positions. Currently, I'm rather fleet operations officer. So that is the best way to kind of describe it is like I'm coordinating, managing, supporting, and um, encouraging our kind of our task force senior staff. So it's kind of my job to just make sure that they are clear on like procedures, policy, supporting them with nominations, right. and encouraging our members with their activity. Um, and it's, you know, it's been such a great role to have. Um, I've been doing it for over a year, maybe I think it might be coming up for two years in a few months' time. Um, and it's one role, I suppose, at the time I wasn't uh, planning to kind of do, but when mm-hmm. I was asked to step up to do it by uh, Vince and David, um, it was kind of like, yeah, okay, why not? Um, I've been in that role myself, um, working as a task force one officer, and then um, getting to do the fun things you get to do there. And then I went into the chief of staff role for a few months, mm-hmm. and I absolutely loved that role um, and had a great time um, kind of picking up where Vince was doing it. And then I took over mm-hmm. from him and kind yeah. of having that time with uh, Dave before he took over. Um, that was a great role. Um, but yeah, no, so. In the past, I have been the commanding officer, Royal Fleet. Um, I held that for a few months. It was a bit of a tricky time, and to be honest, it was... well, well, and so, so to be clear, so there, MJ's being very, and, and we're we're obviously being very. There's there's history in Bravo Fleet, oh, there and is, it's yeah. there's history that is sometimes just better left yeah. unsaid and undiscussed <laughs> because there are people who the and, and events and, and and people that are still in and around the world of, of Star Trek fan clubs and Star Trek communities. And so it's not that we're, we're trying to lack that transparency that people might be like, well, what's the story there? It's, it's not, it's, it's stories that almost, and and you you can correct me if I'm wrong, MJ, it's stories that almost don't need to be told. Like it's, it's just, it's better left in the past. Those are moments and things that just, it just kind of go, we just, yeah, not, not a great time for a lot of folks. And we're just going to, we're looking more to the future. Definitely. Um, And it was, and do you know what? It was, um, several months, I would say, I did absolutely enjoy it, but mm-hmm. I was at the time, um, I was actually at university and I just couldn't okay. keep up with kind of yeah. in that role, even at that yeah. time and even in now, um, you know, you, you, there's so much that needs to be kind of, you keep on yeah. top of and to maintain yeah. and keep the vibes going and keep the energy flowing. Um, yeah. I just, I needed to focus on mm-hmm. real life at the time. Um, so yeah, no, so I've, I've done quite a bit. Um, I'm currently, I've got one of your former roles. I'm, you know, yep, you're in task, your task force 72. Two, yeah. And again, I'm absolutely loving that time with the guys and girls over there. They're actually yep. amazing. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, just having the opportunity to give back to something that has given me so much fun in yeah, so, for so many absolutely. years. It's, it's great. Definitely. Well, and so you, when you talk about task force and again, so there's, <laughs> there are things that our members who are listening to this podcast are going to go, Oh yeah, I know what that is. But yeah. if you're listening to this out, out of brand new. So when, when, when he's talking about task forces, we we basically kind of group our membership um, as they as they sign up through BarboFleet.com. We we group them into task forces, and currently we have five of them. We have 17, 47, 72, 86, and ninety three. And each of them, you can go and check it out as you as you're listening to this interview in this podcast. BarboFleet.com. You go up to units, you click on the drop down, and there they all are. Um, and each of them has a unique and historical kind of. Um, story and kind of an operating theater that we kind of say, hey, if you want to write some stories in this in this world, you can. You can write your stories anywhere in in our in the in the Bravo Fleet world. But those task forces are built in a way so that you can have what 
MJ is doing. He is the um, CEO of 72, a previous position I held um, for about five, six, almost six months, almost made it full six months. <laughs> uh, and then there's an XO, which is an executive officer. And so the, the CEO is basically in charge and, and in charge of overseeing the whole task force while the XO is there to support, they're, they're to learn, they're, to, they're, they're there to be mentored. Um, because eventually, um, and MJ obviously can speak to this, the goal is we want people to be able to assume larger roles and be able to diversify their what, what, how they serve in within Bravo Fleet and, and give back. And I think that's a huge part of when I started in April of 2022. I, you know, I started in with RPGs, I started with my primary commands, I started writing and doing all those things. And then the opportunity came for an XO gig with 72 to come along. And I was like, well, I, I, I've taken advantage of so much. I've done so much in Bravo Fleet so far. I'd, I'd like to do more. And so that was even my mindset of like, hey, I need to, I need to give back and, and take part in that. I guess for the question that um, is what... So Bravo Fleet is a Star Trek fan club. And so it's really hard. You, it, it's not like a, just a fan club for people to hang out and do stuff. It's a fan club specifically kind of tied to um, the Star Trek fandom. The question that is on that I am very curious to hear from everyone as we go through this interview process is what is your Star Trek story and where did it begin? Wow, that's a great question. Um, for me, it started off um, when I was about, I think about, I think it was about 11 or 12. Okay. Um, and at the time, I mean, I've got to be honest, I was never really into kind of science fiction or anything like that at mm. the time. Um, Kind why of, was that? Why? 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 Why was like? Was it just at your age, or you just didn't? Yeah, really... I don't know. I, I mean, I suppose at the time, like, um, it. I don't know. It wasn't. So, I was aware of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. But um, as a genre, I suppose I wasn't really into right. it. And um, over here, like, because I don't know if anyone was recognised from my accent I'm from Britain. We've got yeah. kind of a that kind of saying is there's a saying that I'm kind of in between now. So I yeah. kind of see myself as kind of a little bit nerdy. Um, but kind of in between kind of things. I was right. at that age, I was reading some sports and things like that. I was loved okay. basketball, um, rugby, swimming, yeah. things like that. Um, so in, in the, in the American verbiage, you would be a jock. You would, you, <laughs> right. you, you would you, and that's not a pejorative statement yeah, on you yeah. to be clear. I'm not, I'm not, oh, well, MJ's a jock. This interview's over. I'm done. Yeah, exactly. It's, no, it's no, no. the, you know, there's, there's a certain, like when you, when you live that life or you have those interests, yeah you have almost like loose horse blinders on where you're like, man, I love playing rugby. I love, I love getting yeah. physical. I love exercising. I love doing this. And you don't make a lot of time to, you know, go watch your doctor who, or, you know, whatever you're just, you're, exactly. you're a sports yeah. player. You, you play ball and that's what you that's do. It, yeah. Um, and what, for me, I always, when I saw, um, when I saw the question, I thought this, this made me laugh because it, I love my, this story. Um, and I was about 11, 12 and my dad um, mm -hmm. He was a huge, huge Star Trek fan. Okay. Um, I always knew of it because of him. Yeah. And uh, me and my mate had been out that day, and we come back. I think it was back to mine. And I remember my mum saying, "Oh, your your dad wants to go to the cinema early tonight." And in fact, not just your dad, you know, my mate's dad as well. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah cool, cool, cool. What we're going to see? And my dad was like, oh, "We're going to see the new Star Trek film." And I was like, oh, "Okay, cool, all right." Um, and it was Star Trek: First Contact. Oh no, yeah. that's the Oh, you got it! You got the best introduction possible. I really did. Um, and I'm a little mate, jealous. I'm yeah, a little jealous. me and my mate went along, knew nothing about it, sat down yeah. in the cinema with the, between our dads and everything. Um, and that just opening that credit line, you know, where there's Picard and the Borg scene, and it's yeah. just that thing where you know the Borg 
uh, tube goes into his eye. And I can remember sitting there, oh my goodness me, what, what's this? What's and then the next thing he's, he's in his ready room and then he goes yeah. to the, the sink and he splashes his face and then, you know, yeah. the nanoprobe just spurts out. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. Um, and it just the whole, the whole film, just, I just absolutely just loved it. Like for, yeah. it wasn't just the action part that I loved. Yeah, it was you know the storytelling and kind of the hopeful for better um, side of things in the future for human beings, like the whole Stephen Cockrum and the, and the Lily storyline well, between her and Picard. Was amazing. So for those of you, who, those of you who are listening, first, like everyone has their favorite Star Trek film, they like, do. and yeah. there's there's there are debates about the even and odd numbers, and that's yeah. for a, that's for a later episode. <laughs> We're not going to dig into that. It's just too much. But first contact, I think. And this is a very much of a, a big painting with a pretty big brush on my part, but it is one of the more beloved Star mm. Trek films because it, it has equal parts. Like you said, it's that, that kind of adventurous, like you've got the enterprise E like this, just big old rocking ship. And you're just yeah. like, Oh, let's go. And then, but there's also those moments where you, so for in first contact, spoiler alert, the movie's been out for years. So yeah. tough, tough. If you, if you haven't watched it, you go, you're, see you're, now. You're, yeah, you're go, go now, put a pause and then go, whatever. But first contact is the idea behind. So John, John Luke Picard is the captain of the enterprise and, and he had in best of both worlds and in the, in the next generation show had been taken by the Borg to use his knowledge and his, his presence and his gravitas to, to try and subjugate the, the Federation. And so there was this whole where John Luke Picard was a Borg. He was Locutus. And so what first contact does is it takes that story thread that we thought was long gone and long done. And okay, cool. Picard's back with us. There's no, there's no echoes. There's no haunting. And first contact pulls that thread and says, no, 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 no. There's more to this story. And it it's a nice echoing of like the struggles of a lot of people that deal with like PTSD and trauma. And so it's that moment of going, oh, this story isn't over. Um, and it's really cool how it just, and it takes this, it flips the script. And then we end up in Montana with like, we go back in time, we do the whole time traveling bit. And it's, it's just, it's like for you to have the, that your first Star Trek experience, like it would have been like, if you had said, Oh, I went and saw generations and I'm like, Oh, MJ, you poor child. <laughs> like that was, that was not yeah. the best introduction. I mean, it was good, but it, yeah. so the fact that you got first contact, so you hit for you, like how, what was your feeling when you walked out of that theater? It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I remember getting into the car and me and my mate were sat in the back and our dad's in the front. Yeah. And I have to, I have to admit, I'd, there was one, I remember this one question I was saying to um, my dad, and it's my mate's dad that literally just jumped in and answered it. I was like, I thought the ship was going to crash on a planet because yeah. I'd seen the trailer for Generations on the TV. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that's what it was going to happen. They're like, no, 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 that happened before. And I was like, what, there's another film? Like, and I was, I mean, <laughs> there's, I was like, more? there's more to this? Like, and my dad was like, yeah, what, where are you coming yeah. from? Um, and me and my mate just sat in the back of the car just talking about, you know, what parts you love and everything. And yeah. Both of us said, like, our favorite scene, and I love it, is the uh, scene where Picard smashes up the case of yeah. the Enterprises in the glass yeah. and the, the observation round, and then makes the decision that, you know, well, actually, I've got to give up and I've got to set the ships, you know, auto truck sequence to go off. And that's yeah. that bit and everything. Um, and then from there, um, we just kind of carried talking about it at school. Oh my God, it's really quite cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that night, um, we were back at mine. Um, after school and mm -hmm. Voyager was on. Okay. Oh, and even better. Even better. And we sat down, we watched an episode of Voyager. It was one of the early ones. Um, and I just absolutely fell in love with Voyager. Um, and that's why, if you've seen in my writing on Bravo, yeah. the Odyssey particularly is set in the Delta Quadrant because I grew up with Voyager. That was my first 
yeah. kind of the TV series introduction into it. Um, and then kind of they kind of built on, and from there, me and my mate were absolutely gross with Voyager and DS9, and then obviously yeah. TNG was on um, mm-hmm. repeats and things like that. Um, and then it came kind of like um, a tradition. The mm. next kind of Trek films to come out, we went with our dads to the cinema. So we okay. went and saw Insurrection together, and we were kind of like, okay, like mm, all right. Um, <laughs> Ins- yeah. Insurrection. For those of you listening at home, Insurrection is one of the more polarized. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay, actually, it, there's there's a couple, and it's unfortunate that both Insurrection and I think Nemesis was next. Yeah, ne- neither of those. Nemesis, yeah. was the wor- Nemesis was the worst. Was the harder one to love. Um, Insurrection was different because it did like it told a Star Trek story, but it just was like, eh, yeah. really. Yeah, but you know, for me at the time when it all came out, I was like, "Oh my god, it's amazing!" Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so for me, like that was kind of my into okay. kind of Star Trek, and from there it was nice that actually um, it grew in both of our families. Um, okay, and in a sense, like my mate's younger brother, he got into Star Trek and he was loving nice. things. And we ended up going. We didn't have any conventions over here in the UK, right? But we had like kind of like. I don't know how to call it, like um, exhibits and things like that. My okay. dad um, was working up at the uh, National Science Museum, um, okay. and they had a Star Trek exhibit up there, and oh. it was amazing. So he was like, he was like fanning out, he was just like, you guys got to come up and see this. And yeah. they had Picard's um, Captain's Chair from the Enterprise D there, um, the different models, the different suits, nice. things like that. So for, we just, it was amazing. We had such a great yeah. day up there. And obviously you get to see the behind the scenes stuff and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then anytime anything like that happened over here, um, you know, both families would go out and we would do it together. And it came, you know, even the mums got involved. I'm like, my mum, my mate's mum, they had a thing for Dr. Bashir on DS9. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, it's like that cringeworthy as teenagers. Of course, you hear, of course she did. Of hear your mum's talking about that. It was just, oh. Um, <laughs> but then obviously... Later on in Voyager, we kind of got a bit, you know, as a teenage boy, seven or nine turns up. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, no. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. UPN definitely knew what they were doing. Oh, God, yeah. they were, there was did. no, there was no subtlety, <laughs> no pretense. It was like, how can we make our show better? Mm, Jerry Ryan, here we exactly, go. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No. So, and then obviously, then, you know, also we got excited, you know, when DS9 finished and yeah. Voyager. And then obviously, once Enterprise uh, yeah. came out, another, um, an- another, another, Another like litmus test for a Star Trek yeah. fan. Yeah, it's, it's one of those yeah, ones. Like, I was gonna say it's one of those ones that you either you love or you hate. Um, yeah, and, and for me, I was kind of like wasn't too sure about the whole thing, yeah. and there was just so many things at the time. Yeah, I think people just um, the class of the ship and it like in yeah. the Kira class, and, you know, things like that. I get, yeah. um, but again, I, I enjoyed. It. I, I enjoyed that, and um, I think from there, it's just kind of it stuck with me, and then kind of enjoying like even um the films come out then myself right. come and dad myself um even my son now he's into it and awesome. it's brilliant it's been nice and it's a nice thing that we've kind of shared like generation type thing and i kind of introduced him through through prodigy first um, oh okay and then he's like oh i want to watch more and everything and he's now at the age where you know i can actually watch lower decks and he me and him yeah. absolutely love watching lower decks together yeah uh, and then he's also he wanted to watch Picard when it came out. Um, so it's like, yeah, no worries, we'll do that and everything. Um, and, you know, Discover as well. And yeah. then, you know, we did a whole thing um, during lockdown, actually, where we started watching all the Star Trek films. Um, okay. And I did actually the first one he watched was First Contact. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love thought, that. If I have to do it, 
yeah. if my dad did this to me, I would do it with him as well. And he, yeah. oh, don't go, he's standing next to me in the open sea. He's like, oh, dad, what the hell was that? <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> it's okay, mate, don't worry. It's, it's... Don't worry, it'll all make sense in the end. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, he's got into it now and um, kind of like he, he, he thinks it's semi-cool. And like, we, you know, when he keeps saying, oh, I want to play Star Trek online, dad. And I was just like, yeah, not yet. <laughs> you can use my credit card for that, mate. <laughs> right, yeah, because it's, it's, there's money to be yeah. made in Star Trek online. Well, I think it's interesting. So you mentioned, so there's been a couple of documentaries that have come out um, about Star Trek fans over the years. Yeah. Trekkies one, um, a couple others. And what is a consistent kind of thread is, is that a lot of times it is, in, to, to your, in evidence of your experience, it's a family kind of thing where, yeah. you know, the dad's watching it and the kid's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, let me, you know, what, what's going on? And then it just becomes this whole, it, it's, it's a weird thing because <laughs> Star Wars, we, we're going to, we're going to slightly nudge over to Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars, I think before a lot of the more not so, there's a lot more controversy with Star Wars than the movies made. We're not going to, we're not going to get into it, but <laughs> yeah. I think that. The, the the lack of stability that is within the Star Wars universe that's it's uneven. The the beauty of Star Trek is we have a really stable catalog of shows and movies to fall back on. Yeah. And that is a beautiful thing for families because you can get your family together and watch an episode of Voyager and you know the quality, you know the writing, you know that it's it's Gene Roddenberry's vision that's going to be on screen and that you're going to have some intellectual cerebral conversations eventually about, hey, what's the story they're telling here? Hey, why did that character do that? Hey, why did Janeway like there's a lot more. I don't know. I don't know if the word is like. Because I'm not trying to say that it, you know, Star Wars isn't intelligent, but like Star Trek is more of that kind of like you can talk with people about it. it, is, and it's, yeah, it is. yeah, I agree. I think there's, I think there's that, that diversity there, isn't there? Yeah. Of, like, the storylines that they can explore compared yeah. to some of the other kind of like big sci fi series out there. Um, yeah. you, you take things like even um, Strange New Worlds and the fact that it's yeah. set before Kirk and kind of in between yeah. Discovery. And again, it's recent. I, I think what I've enjoyed the most watching that is that. As a diversity that actually they explore different characters and there could be yeah. a recurring theme throughout and everything um and you know what you're going to get yes as well well and i think when and that's kind of the, the cool thing is is that for me again so <laughs> we're both old enough i think to have lived through the dark times where there was no star yeah absolutely. where there was no movies there was no shows we were just that's and i think part and again this is maybe a bit of a bit of again a hyperbole painting with a brush in excess in excess but those dark times i think is where a lot of what we talk about when we talk about like rpgs and star trek writing mm. and star trek fan clubs where that exploded and became a huge place for star trek fans to hang out in yeah and for them to find kind of that like comforting hey we don't have anything currently that we're able to watch or engage with hey there's people out there who love star trek and are writing it and creating and doing things with it hey i want to be a part of that i and that so the pb the play by email world how and how that's been shaped and, and kind of fallen and risen and, and kind of i don't know where it's at right now but that a lot of that exploded during that kind of the desert of, of star trek content yeah i think you're right and now we've got more we've got stranger worlds we've got mm. project we've got discovery we've got all this stuff going on and it's but it's interesting because even on bravo fleet we're still seeing people come in so and i think that's another side of it is oh my gosh star trek is alive oh there's clubs that are doing stuff i'm gonna go check that out i'm gonna be a part of this and so the fact that we've been around since 97 and we've had a lot of history and we've had we have a lot of cool things that have been going on in the last couple of years uh, they think that's driving a lot of folks to come back 
into the world of Star Trek fandom and Star Trek fan clubs because they now know that, hey, there's a place where I can engage in this conversation um, and kind of go from there. So it's, I don't know, it's it's a weird, it's weird having come from, from my, my time when I was watching Next Generation with Relics and Yesterday's Enterprise, and now it's, it's there, there, there's so much more stuff happening. And whether or not Terry Metalis gives us, you know, legacy, which is probably not going to happen, <laughs> but we're yet. just going <laughs> to, yeah, this, I keep him, I know, I know there's a lot of talk about it, like, oh, like, hey, maybe, and it's like, no, you're just, no, we all know this is, that and it's it's a paramount decision and we know that paramount's decisions have him historically interesting in how they choose to what what shows they choose to do anyway uh so so here's there's, there's a couple of one-off questions sure. and i think i i'm very i'm curious because you you talk a lot about the your exposure to star trek started with first contact and then you kind of caught up and caught up from there um what which of the shows and this is a hard one because trek fans love their shows yeah which of the shows is your ride or die like if, if someone says look we're either going to throw you out the airlock or you have to answer the question <laughs> like what's your show and why it will be voyager because it was my, okay it was my first love um but more than anything i think kind of, kind of like i really did enjoy just the i think it's the top the kind of the exploration side of things, yeah. the fact that there was out in the middle of nowhere. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like you, when you look at some of the things, you think, "Oh my god!" You know that would that really would have happened? And you know, you think right. you know the ship could be a bit more damaged as they got home, type of thing, and yeah. uh, things like that. But yeah, for me, it w- would be it would be Voyager. Um, well, and I, I think her Voyager is it's almost. I just just was in my head. It's almost like a reinvention of, of the original mm. series because in the original series, the, the the Enterprise was on that five year mission and there was a lot of unknowns. They were they were yes. running into Romulans for the first time in in hundreds of years and there was so much unknown out there, the undiscovered country. And with Voyager, it was like, okay, we're not going to have an established little Federation world. We're we're throwing them out in the deep end. And that I think, to your point, is that's where the power of that show comes into play because now it's now it's on the characters and how are they going to survive and how are they going to find their way home um and why that show i think lasted for as long as it did is because people people were the the vision of gene roddenberry was the great unknown the great you know at the, the great exploration of of the worlds beyond our own and voyager really ran with it um and of all the shows I think in my opinion and my opinion matters a little, but it, it, it's, it's my opinion. And that's how I feel about it is Voyager ended the best. It did. Yeah. And I think for me as well, there was a nice balance in yeah. kind of the stories that were told between the characters um, with action, with yeah. science, techno babble. And, you know, yeah. even things like the silly things like, you know, the romances and the comedy. Mm-hmm. And for me, the comedy I absolutely loved. And <laughs> one of my, um, one of my moments as a teenager growing up is actually I got to meet Robert Picardo. Oh, and, I'm a little jealous. And um, he was over here in the UK. Um, and I live near to one of the biggest shopping centers in the, in the UK, actually. And it's huge. Yeah. And um, they had them, me and my mate used to go there all the time. They had one of these shops where you could, you could buy all the um, autographs of all yeah. you know famous stars and things like that. And he came along and we queued up. Uh, for an hour um and we was right at the front when he, when he was there and i had a picture taken with him he's such yeah. a cool cool guy and for me yeah actually then seeing him in voyager like kind of the next week it was just like that's so surreal like that's yeah. the doctor he's a real guy yeah. and he was so cool and like, such a nice guy um and, yeah. uh, and even i remember when we when he came into the shop and we were always queuing up 
instead of sitting down straight away, he went along down the queue and just greeted everybody. Said, hi, 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 how are you doing? Thanks so much for coming yeah. out and everything. Yeah. And, oh my god, I can't believe you're all here. This is this is immense. Like, I just remember him yeah. being such a you know humble person. Um, right. And so he's kind of comical side i actually loved i mean yeah um the moment in uh this is me kind of geeking out here when he becomes the emergency command hologram from that episode yeah. um just yeah. cracks, it just cracks me up every time like you know just i just love that i just i absolutely love that part um well, so yeah i think i think to your point like and i've i've I talk about this so much and I probably should stop at some point and let the story breathe for a little bit, but I got to read, I got to meet Jonathan Frakes at a Star Trek and, oh, at, a, at awesome. a fan, at a fan company. And it was, it was like, it's exactly like you said, like, and I feel this is an, I feel statement. It's not based in fact or studies or scientific anything, yeah. but I feel like a majority of Star Trek actors are, are people who genuinely care about the property. They mm. genuinely care about the story. They genuinely carry care and carry on the, 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 the Gene Roddenberry vision. Um, I don't know if you've ever watched it, but there's the, the documentary on deep space nine, what we leave behind. Yeah. I have, yeah and it, yeah. watching that show and watching that. And if you're out there and you've not seen, it, I believe it's on Netflix. I think it's for free or you can rent it, but listening to each of those characters, you know, Nana visitor, all those guys talk about, what what that show meant to them and mm. and how important it was at the time and and just what they were doing and there's just this this you can't you can't like measure it with a with a beaker but you can look and listen and go they do care about this property they do care about this show they care that star trek has a story to tell and they so they get excited to tell that story and the same with robert Picardo and even like jonathan frakes Dude's been in Star Trek for a long time. He's directed, he's written, he's done, he's done it all. Mm. And I got to sit with him for like, what I felt like was 10 minutes was probably just five, but <laughs> it was just like talking with a fellow Star Trek fan. It wasn't Jonathan Frakes, you know, Star Trek megastar. It was Jonathan Frakes who has an investment and a love and a genuine care for Star Trek and what Star Trek means to him, but not just to him, but to Riker and the rest of the world. And I just, I walked away from that going, I'll never leave Star Trek. Like there are people who genuinely have a drive to make this. I just, I just, it, it blows my mind every time I reflect on that. I go, this is a guy who could have just been like, okay, here's your autograph. Nice to meet you. Your name. Okay. See you later. Bye. Yeah. He said, no, what's, what's your story? What's going on? How do what, what, what? And I was like, Mr. Frakes, <laughs> you don't understand. And he's like, I do. And I was like, I know, but you don't understand my, like you don't understand my thing. I love Star Like it was just like, it, I say this all the time and I've, I've come to realize this. I always come back to Star Trek. Yeah. You, you can tempt me with Dr. Doctor Who. You can tempt me with any kind of, you know, sci-fi, whatever, but I will never, ever, 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 ever walk away from Star Trek because I come back to those ideals and the characters in the stories. Uh, and speaking of characters, uh, I'm probably, this might be the answer we have. We'll see if you just answered it. Um, what is your favorite character above with, with oh, all Star Trek? Right. Do you know this is a really tough one for me because I've got so many. I absolutely you, enjoy. okay. We'll, we'll 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 bend the rules and we'll say top three if you have to. If you okay. gotta be, if you gotta pick your three. No, do you know we'll I'm gonna do top one. Um, no, top two. I'll do top two. Top two. Okay, we'll do top two. We'll, the, we'll, we'll, the we'll negotiate. The doctor, the doctor will be definitely because not just right. me. In fact, I've got to meet you know Robert yeah. Cardo. Um, I just I just I do love his performance um, and yeah. the kind of his character as well. The fact that when you, if you look back at when he started in season one, uh, he's yeah. very much. I don't know, almost quite flat as a character yeah. and how far he yeah. comes across. Um, yeah. I just love that, that journey, absolute journey. Yeah. And then my number one um, is Captain Janeway. It's Captain Janeway. Um, okay. I, because of the fact that 
she was just so badass. That's the best yeah. I can describe it. You know, the fact that yeah. actually how much she kind of kept herself together, kept to her principles yeah. and kind of that. Mm-hmm. I, I admire that a lot. Um, and even Kate Mulgrew as, a, as, a, as an actress as well. Yeah. Um, I, th- I, think she's, I think she's really impressive. And mm-hmm. actually as an author, um, her, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to read any of her, uh, mm. the autobiographies that she's done and things like that. Um, her most recent one, um, particularly around her parents and everything. Um, yeah. My mum went through quite a bad time when I lost my grandparents and everything and kind of a yeah. similar journey. Um, and my mum absolutely loves reading. And actually, when I heard about her, uh, Kate Mulgrew's, um book about that, I actually bought it from my mum. And my mum absolutely loved it and related to yeah. it so much. And I think those that, that kind of character, that kind of that character that Jamie takes on being you know, commanding, but actually quite a motherly yeah. character, um, yeah. we, I don't think we ever truly saw that in the previous um, right. kind of captains. Like, you know, Picard was very distant at the yeah. beginning, wasn't he? And it took time for him to kind of build up that family. Yeah. You know, Cisco was already kind of a dad. Um, yeah. And I do relate to him as well, actually, Cisco mm-hmm. as well. And I think it's been a, a dad as well and kind of seeing your son grow up and, you know, kind of wants you to follow your own footsteps, but actually, you know, giving them that space to go and do, go do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Janeway for me would be the top one just because, you know, she's just stuck to her guns and the fact yeah. that, you know, she took on the ball queen and, you know, yep. killed her a few times and things like that. Right. I, just, I don't know. I just think for me, she's, you know, the fact that, again, she was the, I know she wasn't the officially the first female captain, but, you know, the right. sense of leading a, a series and things like that. I just, yeah. That just impresses me. It really does impress me. Well, and I think she, her character is complex. She's not, she's not flat. She, well, so I, you've, you've probably watched this, but there was a previous Janeway before we got yeah. Kate Mulgrew. And if you've ever, and, and if you're, if you're listening, you should definitely hit the pause button, go to YouTube and do, you know, Kate Mulgrew versus whoever for Star Trek, you know, Voyager captain. And she, the, the woman that she originally read for it was a classic, like Broadway actor, mm. actress. And she had done, she was very much like almost the Academy Award kind of level of, of, of gravitas to the role <coughs> and so she they they made it like i think two days with her and they just let then she realized and the producers realized this is not a good fit this is you are not you are not ready for like television hours that it's going to take to make this program and they've we've, there's a video out there where you can watch the two and you can watch her portrayal portrayal and you can watch kate mulgrew's portrayal and it is like there's no question who owns that role and mm, who could agreed. have brought the depth to it because and it's interesting when you like when you evaluate like an actor like a jean-luc picard you know like patrick stewart is that guy like he is oh, without he's, question, uh, yeah, he's he the is. man yeah but he also had played he'd played roles in shakespeare he, had, he was in the original dune yeah. like you know he's been around for a bit and the same thing with robert picardo robert picardo has a science fiction science fiction background mm that has that has stretched across many many fandoms and stuff and just it's interesting that all of them had their own major you know stuff that they've done but star trek and this is a very large painting with the large brush again i do that a lot i just i <laughs> want to be very mindful so yeah. people don't be like oh, how dare you say that about kate milger i'm just 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 let it let me let me let me say my thing and then then you can yell at me later uh or you know write an angry email or something is that sh- they have they really settled into who they were and yeah, Kate Mulgrew was in Orange is the New Black and all these other, like they've gone on to bigger and better things. But when you look at what really put them in the consciousness of a lot of people, a lot of viewers is 
Kate Mulgrew is Janeway in Star Trek. Like she came back and she's played in Prodigy. Mm. She's done different kinds of things. And so there's always, I mean, every single Star Trek actor from a lot of the shows, they always seem to come back to Star Trek eventually in some way, be it a director or writer or whatever. So I, yeah, I, I agree. I think Janeway, I love watching Voyager. I mean, I love watching Voyager for all the other characters. Yeah. But when she's on screen, I'm like, oh, baby, here we go. Let's see it. what Janeway's got. And I, I would say my favorite, one of my favorite scenes with her in is, and this is my favorite episode of Voyager and episode of all Star Trek, is Year of Hell. I absolutely okay. love that two-parter. And it's that bit um, when she's sat on the bridge and there's no one else. And she's sent all, everybody off. You know, the crew's abandoned ship. And this is the last yeah. bit. They're going to go save Tom and Chakotay. And they're going to defeat Alex. I absolutely love that storyline. And she sits there after saying farewell to Tuvok. And she's just by herself. And just the yeah. way even just, she just sits there. And she's she's still got that commanding presence. Even though everything around her has fallen apart. She's still yeah. determined, I'm going to do this. And we're going to get home eventually. Yeah. And then that last bit where she just rams the ship and decides, I mean, don't get me wrong. The action, I was like, yeah, ram it, yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah. Janeway for president, bring it on, let's do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, so yeah, I would say Janeway without a doubt. My, my well, that was going to be my next question. My next question was going to be, what is your favorite episode and why? Yeah, hell, absolutely. Um, and, you've, Just... you've, and you've answered that question really <laughs> about it. Uh, so here's the last kind of Star Trek-ish question. Sure. And we may have answered this and you may want to expand a little bit, but what is it about Star Trek that like when you step back and you look at that, at how much time you spent in Star Trek, both like through shows, through Bravo Fleet, through everything, what is it about Star Trek that just resonates that you can't shake? I think, as as you mentioned, kind of Gene Wonderbro's vision of kind of this future where things should be better, where mm-hmm. things can be better, and the, yeah. the best of humanity does survive and takes things to the next level. I think for me, that's so inspirational and i think mm-hmm. very aspirational to have as well that in fact that actually i feel that world is you know it's such a strong vision and a dream that yeah. you had and the fact that it's just carried on for so long through so many generations yeah. um, i think that impresses me so much and the fact that in these i ideal world you know it doesn't matter who you are what background you come from um yeah. i think when you compare that to other sci-fi shows and mm-hmm. other things out there there's not many of them that have a strong kind of those core values that yeah. continue throughout. And even though the different shows and series and films, you know, can bend it and twist it and turn it around, it always comes back to those things. And I think that's what impresses me the most. Um, yeah. And for me, I think that's what kind of draws me back into it because there is that kind of fantasy that, you know, you just kind of feel like, I hope one day we would be like that. As, yeah. a, as a as a race as a you know as humanity itself um yeah. and it to you know even being as a parent as well you would hope you know you want that for your children and i would yeah. hope that for my son when he grows up you yeah. know, that's why it draws me back every time i think you're right i think there's you know and it again I, i'm not trying to start a war with the star the star wars community that's not here that's, that's, we're not we're not we're not here to do that um no and i will play that i'm a star wars fan myself marvel the whole lot I, you know yeah i am i yeah. love all that time. nobody else does it better than star trek you're all idiots we're, you know <laughs> take it and run yeah. we're joking we're kidding we're being yeah. sarcastic Please Absolutely. Don't come but like i think it's gene roddenberry was so unique in that vision for what the future could be. And if you watch a lot of those original 
you know, original series. Yeah. There's a lot of heavy stuff that he t- that, they, that they threw in there, isn't there? A lot of politics in there, but you know, around the cold. Yeah, War there's a lot like of stuff that. that you're just like, whoa! I guess yeah, it, it, <laughs> they really pushed some boundaries. Yeah, and even in early TNG as well, when he was still around yeah. for that, I think you know, there's yeah. there a lot there. Um, and also, <laughs> it always makes me laugh as well. It's like um, when, when we talk about these things, particularly in Brotherly, um, Kath makes me laugh, and she says there's always that kinky side to him as well, and there is. Because that makes yes. me laugh, which I absolutely, it makes me comic because you've got the serious stuff and then there's just that kind of the innuendo that can come out every so right. often. And, you know. Yeah, Rod- Roddenberry was, <laughs> he wasn't perfect. Um, there's actually, there's a documentary um, about, I think there's been a documentary about him and also about Leonard Nimoy. Mm. Um, but the documentary about Roddenberry, it's, it's equal parts like amazing and brilliant. I think it's his son who did it and talked about his father and the legacy. Um, but his father wasn't perfect when it came to relationships. And so there is that element of like, oh man. Uh, but he did, he did care to put, he like, they dared to tell some stories. And like what you said, with even with TNG, they dared to put yeah. some real, like, I, and I wouldn't even say dare, they risked. They decided, okay, we're going to try and tell the story. We're taking a risk. Um, and it's interesting how, and, and you can, this, this may be a little bit too much of prognostication, but if you, if we had the next generation that was starting in 2023, 2024, I don't know if they could have done the things they did with the show, mm. given the, the the amount of social media and and and, con- and people who are just ready to to jump on shows for what they may perceive as oh that's not the that's not that's a bad story or what are you what are you doing with my show you know stuff like that. I wonder if those risks that were taken in TOS and TNG, if those wouldn't have been possible in a, in a later generation or a later time because people would have been like, Oh, I don't know if I'm, I don't, I don't know if I'm, we can do that. I don't know if we can take that risk to tell that story to push the boundaries of conversation about this modern or current issue that the world is struggling with. And we're going to tell it through, you know, morality play based in space, but it's still very much about what we deal with here in our modern age. I don't, I don't know if that, I don't know if it, I mean, obviously strange new worlds discovery and all those shows are, are doing okay. But you think about the storylines that they dared to tell with with TOS and TNG, and even a little with like DS9 and Voyager. Yeah, like some of that stuff was like, well, all right, let's let's get into it, let's do it. But that was also before you could get on Twitter and yell and shout in the void and tell people that they were wrong. I think so. I think I mean I think even now I think still like you look at like things like Discovery mm-hmm. and kind of things how they've kind of um, I wouldn't say push the boundary. I, I think my yeah. opinion is it's it's saying that we know, we've had so much social change in our, yeah. our world and all for the right reasons and the yeah. good reasons. And they're showing that actually this continues and there is mm-hmm. continuation of that. And actually we build upon those characters that, you know, yeah. perhaps they couldn't have completely shown in, you know, the original series, TNG era type of thing, um, yeah. but kind of build on the type of the things, as you said, that, you know, Back in you know the time when it was you know TNG DS9 Voyager that they yeah. wanted to push out and try and do more of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's an, another thing that comes with Star Trek is that actually it it does do that. It does push every so often, yeah. and it does you know say you know stop thing. Look, it shines a light on either that issue or this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where I think certain other sci-fi kind of series and franchises don't always get the opportunity to do that because. Mm-hmm they have perhaps themselves got such a huge legacy behind them. You know, yeah. you look at the Marvel universe, for example, there's yeah. so much behind that, isn't there already already established. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas with Star Trek, you know, I think there's more, you know, there that is fresh and like it can kind of, as you said, 
take kind of that issue and plonk it out into a, well, and, and Star Trek space. has that history of being mm. about issues. Like it's not like all of a sudden with TNG they started doing this crazy thing where they were telling morality plays in space. No, it started episode one, Star Trek original series. Yeah. Like man, we were we were going at it, and so that I think the brilliance of having that as a start and doing it in some ways it was gentle in other ways it was more assertive when the storytelling but the, the star trek legacy is in confronting something about us or something about the klingons or the romulans or the mm. Vulcans or whoever and through confronting that we're able to confront it um safely through a storytelling mechanism versus you know tr having to face it head on here it allows us to sit back and go okay I might not agree with that, but that's a very interesting story, and I need to think more on that and mm. decide where I where I sit or stand. And that is the part of Star Trek I have appreciated because I'm like, I don't. Absolutely. They're not telling me what I have to do or what to believe. They're saying, "Hey, here's a story about a thing that happened on this planet with this other thing and this thing, and now you got to figure out what you feel. And if you feel this way or that way, it's understandable because we're telling a story that is is going to require multiple paradigm shifts and multiple perspectives to examine the issue. You know, it's an eight sided cube versus just a you know a box where it's just like okay well there's four sizes of this issue and that's it and it's like no star trek has always played a more complicated game of telling that story and that's what i've appreciated appreciated about I it and i think you've spoken you've spoken that is like i want my i want my stories complex i don't you know yes there's clearly right and wrong good and evil in the world and that's there are there are there are places for that story to be told <clears throat> star wars and so <laughs> Again, I'm just being kidding. Please don't come for me. But like, that's what like when I when I go to a Star Wars movie, especially like A New Hope and all those like those first three. Um, well, I'm sorry, four, five, and six. They those that is the good versus evil. This is the Darth Vader versus you know Luke Skywalker in the epic battle of good versus evil in the dark side of the Force and the dark side light light side of the Force and the back and forth. And I'm like, oh, I want to see that. That's a, it's incredible. In Star Trek, there is more. It's 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 nuanced. It's it's subtle. And it's unique and complex. So anyway, yeah. that's what I love about that. Uh, okay, last question of uh, the uh, interview here, I think. Um, and this is one that I'm very curious to hear everyone's response as we go through different folks. Uh, do you believe that there are aliens out there and why? I would hope so. Because I just feel yeah. like if we're the only kind of sentient beings, if that's the way to call us, right. then it'd be a really boring place, wouldn't it? I mean, don't right. get me wrong. I, I'm, I would love to be able to go and explore the wider space and things like that, just like they do yeah. in Star Trek. But um, I, I've got to believe that we're not the only intelligent right. being out there that could take that further step. I would hope that, yeah. as vast as our universe is, that there is yeah. somewhere there's else. Still, out there. There's still somebody yeah. out there somewhere. Uh, and the follow up question to that is what if you had the chance to meet a species from Star Trek that you could meet in real life as we reach for the stars and beyond? Which of those species would be the one you would want? Ah, oh, right. Do you know what I would say? There's three. I can't. I can't pick between three. That's okay. You're you're allowed to bend oh, the rules. Right. You're, you're you're on the senior staff. <laughs> you, can whatever, you can do what you right. want. Um, I would say the, the two that really do fascinate me um, okay. is uh, well, are, are the the, the Bjorns because okay. of their their culture, their history, mm -hmm. their religion, and how... Yeah. And, do you know what? That's one thing in DS9 that I really enjoyed um, yeah. was that religion versus science debate mm -hmm. and that yeah. type of thing. And that really fascinated me, like how deep their beliefs and faiths and how they could work that with mm -hmm. what they were doing. Um, yeah. The next one 
is the Betazoids, because I just think it's so cool that they, yeah. the, any of the telepathic species, but particularly Betazoids, I suppose, because, you know, Deanna Troy and, you know, yeah. the comedy side with Luxwana Troy, but kind of that whole thing where, you know, reading somebody else's mind, reading how they're yeah. feeling, I would right. love to be able to know what that's like. Um, yeah. But um, I don't know if it's controversial, what I'm going to say. The Denoblans, I would love okay. to meet them, because out of all the Star Trek species that we meet, I kind of think the Denobians are kind of that next level of evolution for humanity because they go through their own wars. Um, they're very curious about the universe because we see a lot of them doing things like science yeah. in Enterprise. Um, but also kind of that optimism and yeah. that love of family community. I admire a lot and I kind of like that. Even though yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, I want to marry those people and things like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm just talking about kind of their family values, I suppose. Like yeah. Everyone's close and everyone gets to know each other, you know, well, type of thing. Yeah. So I suppose, yeah, those kind of three, I would, if it was to happen now, I would love yeah. to be able to meet those those yeah. three particularly. I think that would be fascinating. Well, and I think, I think the the character of Dr. Phlox, mm. as the as the Danulian that we got to see, was definitely well done. Like that portrayal, yeah. it, it it was just this innocence and this this, but also this confidence. And so it's mm. like like we talked about earlier. Like Star Trek, it, it's it's simple, but it's also incredibly complex. And yeah. there's so much between the shows, the movies, the books, everything in in I mean, the canon stretches from alpha to beta to whatever, and it's fascinating to see the stories that have been told, the characters mm. that have been created, the species that have been created um, to reflect um, both ourselves, because you look at a lot of the aliens in Star Trek and each of them from Klingons to Romulans to Vulcans, they speak to us as humans and that we struggle with emotion. We struggle with the want to fight and be warriors. We want, we struggle with pride. We struggle with shame. We struggle with all these things. And what we get, <coughs> what we get is those stories resonate with us because those alien species in, in, in some, and sometimes small or even larger ways or ways that we don't think we find in them our identity and we go, man, I, I understand Worf's struggle mm. with his house and his family. And I understand Deanna Troy's struggle with her mother, who is absolutely crazy with like love and was just, I, oh, I love Majel Barrett's. Absolutely. But that's the power of it. That, that's it. And as I said, that's, for me, as I mentioned, Star Trek, I love the fact that you could have those themes yeah. in yeah. the science fiction genre um, more than anything in, in track, you know, the comedy size, the love side, yeah. alongside the techno bubble. And absolutely, yeah, I think that's what, as I said, that makes my special. So, yeah, so I would say, yeah, those three definitely. And the fact that they, so many, you look at, as you said, Star Trek species and races and anything, and aliens that come across. They are, yeah. they are a reflection of us as humans and yeah. different, as you said, whether it's values, principles or beliefs or even history as well. Um, yeah. That's what makes them so rich. Well, I think to kind of finish out this conversation, what as, as, as a writer in, in, in Bravo Fleet, what I've come to write and what I've come to understand when I write characters and their encounters with alien species and whatever stuff like that is, is that kind of what you were alluding to is, is that as different as we are, from the aliens and the shows and the movies where, you know, your shared experience is like, we share this massive consciousness with the, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it without going really like almost like, I don't even know what, I don't even know what the word is for it, but like we all, sh we, all the characters and the aliens and the species, they have a shared experience. Mm. We all, we've all felt 
what they've felt. We've all been where they've been, you know, even in the Borg, like we get, we like, we just want to be a part. We just don't want to have to worry. We just want to go along and be a robot and not have to deal with the drama. We just, you know, be part of the collective and just get out of this world and be done with being an adult or whatever. You know, we've all, and it's weird because it's fun when you start to go down the list of aliens, you go, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And that's, I think the power of it. Um, okay. Definitely. So is there, is there one, what's the, what's the closing, what's, what's the closing comment or the closing thought from MJ about Star Trek Bravo fleet? I don't even, you know, you're this, the last word, we'll call this the last word for our, for our, for future episodes, because again, you're, you've been our experimental Frankenstein and we appreciate you um, not rising from the table and strangling us as the creator. Um, <laughs> Cause that would be unfortunate. It would be a very, very short lived podcast. Um, <laughs> all that would be is like, rah, rah, rah. Frankenstein monster just yelling into the microphone all the time. Uh, so what is the, I guess the last word from MJ? I think I would say, um, to all of our members, I think, you know, where we've come from as a, mm-hmm. as a club, as a community, and where we're going is so incredible. And it's one of those things I know when you talk to other members and you get a chance to speak to them and take time with mm-hmm. them, um, just having this nice little bit of escapism yeah. and getting away from things can make such a big difference to yourself as a person, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, we all live busy lives. We all have jobs, families and things like that. And I just think for us having that little kind of place where we can go to and we can be who we want to be uh, in the sense of enjoying something that is so enriched and so um, inviting to so many people, um, I think it's amazing. And I just I just love the fact that um, as a community, that we, we all come from all different parts of the world. Um, yeah. And you look at even, even just the makeup of those in kind of the leadership side of and the management of it all, you know, we all come with a different point of view. We all come with some experience. Um, I think that's what makes it so appealing. And that's what makes Trek so appealing is the fact that, you know, we all come from different backgrounds and have our own different stories. Um, and we all want to share our own stories as well. Um, so I absolutely love that. And I've absolutely loved doing the work I've been doing um, mm-hmm. for the last few years. And, um, I can't make, I think this year is going to be a good year for us. And and what we you know, shared at the beginning of the year, kind of the, the roadmap, um, mm-hmm. everybody, because I, I obviously I can't tell you everything that I, obviously I know or what's been going on behind the scenes. But I, How I, much money is it going to take, MJ? Uh, I don't got much. But, you know, I, can... but I can tell you now, like, um, particularly what fleet assets is going to be. Um, yeah. Seriously, I am buzzing for this. It's going to be yeah. such a great new system. Um, yeah. And it's going to be, I, as somebody who I love writing and I love yeah. doing that, um, it's going to change a lot of things. Um, and I think people are going to absolutely enjoy it so much. And I, I hope everyone takes um, an opportunity to explore it, to have a go at it, and to just keep being involved because there is so much fun from our competitions to yeah. I mean, even this weekend. I mean, we've had our first, you know, um, a lot of new things going on with Star Trek Online, with yep. the um, with the security department. You know, um, Starbucks doing a great job with that. Um, even today as well, we've had you know first uh, Star Trek Adventures. You know, tabletop mm-hmm. going on. Um, and I I listened into it. I listened. Was it good? It I missed it. I, it I was, was fun. Out. It was it was at, like there was so much laughter, oh, but there was amazing. so much like like creativity going you're like okay well how am i going to react what am i going to do yeah. how am i going to solve this that- and it was and it was a small it was a small little group that was participating but it, again i think to your point it's that community yeah. and the 
what I what I've always what I've what when I joined in April 2022, a lot of what I people would say either from the command standpoint or just everybody members is, you know, Bravo Fleet is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Like this is it's it's not supposed to be like Isn't oh my that- gosh I have to complete an essay for this requirement. No, no, it's you. We want you to have fun. We want you to laugh. We want you to enjoy. We want you to find that joy in Star Trek that drew you to it at first and to continue to find that joy at every turn through all the various activities that we have. Absolutely. In that, that's the great thing about our community. It's the fact that there's so much to do that, yep. you know, it, there's nothing that, you know, somebody couldn't go and do something. Um, right. And I just love it. I mean, even as I said, when I get to see so much behind the scenes and when it comes yeah. out, the excitement, like last year when we spoke about um, the two fleet actions and where things mm-hmm. were going to go with that, I was buzzing behind the scenes. So like, oh my God, we're going to bring the Dominion back. Yeah. 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 And then yeah. The, the moment, that it, it, I still still remember it now, the moment when I um, I hadn't seen the episode of Picard where it turns out the changes turned up yeah. on the next day in our little room. And, and um, it was uh, Vince and Catherine. Oh man, they brought the Dominion back, and I was like, "What? No, what are you talking about? Like, they're the spoilers." <laughs> and like, ah, oh, like months and months of work. And we was like, "No, no, come yeah. guys, we can we can change this around." Um, yeah. It's those things and the conversations with, with the team of kind of where things are going. It's just yeah. when they come out, and then we see everyone's reaction to, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my yeah. god!" It, it's, it's a lot of fun work, and you know, even getting to do things like. Um, building those stories up or even mm. silly things like the graphics. I absolutely yeah. love doing the graphics when they all come together. So like the challenge coins or the posters and things like that. And just yeah. giving that little snippet of this is what's coming. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's so and see everyone's reactions and things like that. So um yeah. that's that's the nice thing. And um and when the reports come out, you know, as you know, writing the task report, you know, going through everybody's stuff and what they've been up to, it's a great way yeah. to kind of take time to reflect, absolutely. see what yeah. how everyone's doing. And I love mm-hmm. that. I just absolutely love the fact that we've got that. So yeah, just keep enjoying it, guys and girls. I really will do make that. There you go. That's the last word from MJ, and that is that is as far as we've got on this interview. We <laughs> we talked for fifty five minutes. <laughs> so this is this this will be a good deep dive for folks to listen to out there. Um, if you're if you're still listening, please keep listening with us as we continue through our process of this episode and future episodes where we bring in uh, members from command. We bring in members. We bring in Bravo Fleet senior staff for these cool conversations about what what is Star Trek to you and and I. You, if listening to MJ, you you get that sense of this is fun. We love to do these things and, and engage in it, and it should always it should always be that kind of fun experience. Uh, I'd like to thank MJ for joining us. MJ, I appreciate you coming on and being the experimental Frankenstein. No, I think we you. I think we got you back off the table without too much damage. I think you'll be able to walk back out in the world with not too much uh, scars and, yeah. and or bolts in your neck. Um, and we will look forward to possibly doing this again to talk about other aspects of of what's going down and what's coming. Absolutely. Uh, I'd love to do that again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank well, thank you. I appreciate it. And we will catch you next time on here on Relay Station Bravo. Songs Access, Climb on Top, and Battle Night by Relax Zine 
are licensed under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, 4.0 international license. You can find their music on their free music archive page at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash R-E-L-A-X-S-Z-E-N-E.